Hello, and welcome to another episode of the uh, of Endeavor, the podcast and video show. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Jason Breitkoff, and again, I'm with Dr. Wanda Montanez for another episode. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, hanging in there. Excellent. So today we're going to be talking about uh, exemplary college uh, application recommendations. And so the reason why I wanted to talk with Wanda about that as a college counselor, she's probably written... Um, give or take a bajillion. Um, again, I'm just, I'm just estimating. I'm sure it's the hundreds in reality, if not thousands. Uh, and I have written one or two recommendations in my time, well, more than that, maybe three or four, but literally that many as opposed to the many that you've written as a college counselor. So I wanted to get your um, input on what makes for a good uh, recommendation letter. So what do you look for when students come to you and say, hi, you're my college counselor, I've met you twice. <laughs> can you write, can, I need the recommendation letter from the college counselor, can you write mine? What do you, what, 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 how do you get started on that? Yeah, so I think it's important to make a distinction kind of outright that the counselor letter recommendation is different than the teacher letter recommendation. That's important to know. Um, because they speak to the student's strengths in different ways. So if it's a student who I am working with, who I don't know relatively well, or even if it's a student who I do know really well, um, the first thing I always ask them is to either set up a time to come and meet with me kind of for like a one-on-one -on -one interview just so I can get more information about you. Um, or um, there are online, if you, if you use Naviance, there's a, there's a recommendation, um, I don't remember what it's called, I think it's called like a, a, About Me, something like that, um, on Naviance, but basically it's a list of like 14, 15 questions mm -hmm. um, that the student can answer and fill out, and obviously if you're a counselor you have access to it on your end. Um, or there's like the old school sheet, it's called the brag sheet, we mm. just give it to you, um, or you give it to us, sometimes again you can Google it, there's a bunch of them on online that you can use. Chetney has their very own as well. Oh, excellent. Um, and essentially, it just, again, it asks about who you are, your interests, any challenges that you've had in the last four years, and those kinds of things. Okay. So this is a way for you as a college counselor to better get to know a student with whom you've had some, a little, or a lot of contact throughout the school year. I mean, even if it's a student that you've worked with on multiple occasions, you're not with those students every day necessarily. Right. Um, so how do you, I'm going to get to like how, about the teacher aspect of it in just a minute yeah. and, and recommendations you might have for that, but how do you as a college counselor write that letter of recommendation if you don't know the student that well? Um, that's why the meetings or the brag sheet are really important. Um, again, when you've written as many as I have, like you just kind of get into a flow of, um, you know, this paragraph is about this and so forth. So you kind of create your own format. Um, but if you know the student or you have the brag sheet, um, or their Naviance survey, um, you're just better able to put all those pieces of the puzzle together to write a cohesive letter. Um, usually the, the tricky parts for the counselor letter recommendations um, center around any challenges that the student may have had um, in high school, whether they were personal um, or you know academic related. Um, the disclosure of a learning disability is also something that can go into in the counselor letter recommendation, but obviously this is something that 
um, the students should be aware that you know you're disclosing some some of that kind of information in the letter. All right. So now let's kind of turn that on its head because it, it sounds like with a college counselor letter, you want to start with facts and then kind of just add a little flavor to it with yeah. how with what you've gleaned from the students some personal information, some challenges they've overcome, and it looks like that sort of thing where it's not just the bragging part of the brag sheet, mm -hmm. that's where you add the color right. to it, the, the, right. the, the nuance to it. Right. But let's talk about for a teacher, especially uh, maybe a teacher who hasn't written as many college applications. I mean, you said you've written hundreds, yep. perhaps maybe thousands? I don't think that many, but I've written All right. a lot. So hundreds is a lot. So again, I'm not saying like, oh, you haven't written a thousand. So pshaw, it's definitely not that. I mean, obviously, hundreds of letters of recommendation. I've written, I think, four or five in my life. So that's a lot. So you're very experienced. So let's turn that on its side for, for a teacher like myself or a teacher watching or listening at home. Um, what, what are some tips or advice you can give teachers to help them write more effective application letters. Pardon me, recommendation letters for students' applications. So I think the first thing is if you are a teacher writing a letter of recommendation and you have no idea where to begin, go and talk to your guidance counselor, or the school counselor, whoever that person is in your building, um, because they will be able to better guide you in how to, how to go about writing it. Um, I think the biggest difference to highlight between the counselor letter recommendation and the um, teacher letter recommendation is that the teacher letter of recommendation is strictly focused on the student and who they are in your classroom as a learner. Um, and so those are the things that you need to highlight. Hmm. Challenges, um, positive experiences, um, the growth that you've seen in a student over you know the course of a few months or even in some cases over the course of a few years um, if you have a connection with the student in any other way outside of the classroom for example like if you're their soccer coach um, this is also something that you can add in there um, but really when the admissions committee is reviewing these files they want to know who the student is as a learner um, so that they can get a sense as to whether this student will be a good fit on their campus all right, so the, the teacher should focus on the student in class. Correct. So if there are things that they know about the student from outside of class, positive or negative, uh, that's really not their purview to write about that. Um, correct. Unless they're writing about it in a way that accentuates, again, who the student is as a learner. But if it's something that's like, you know, something that happened, again, if you're the soccer coach and it's something that happened on the soccer, on the soccer field, um, but it doesn't really add context to who the student is, then that's not something that you necessarily want to write about. All right. So you just mentioned the soccer coach. So what we're saying is, you know, if, the, if you're the math teacher for this student, don't talk about soccer. Correct. Talk about how the student is in the class, Correct. academic, can it go beyond academics to behavior in class? It can and it probably should. All right. So if, if you know, uh, little Janie or little Johnny is the type of person to volunteer to tutor his or her fellow students, that's something you can talk about in class, Absolutely. in terms of their classwork. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the soccer coach. You mentioned the soccer coach. The soccer coach is technically a teacher at the school. Mm -hmm. So if a student wants to use their 
coach because athletics is a big part of their story, that's okay by you. Um, so if the academic teacher is also their coach, then yes. Okay. So then it would be kind of like a two-in-one, right? All right. So the teacher can obviously focus on the student and who they are as a learner in the classroom, but perhaps has some anecdotes and um, some stories that they can refer to while they're coaching the student on the field. Um, should a student get a completely separate um, letter of recommendation from a soccer coach, basketball coach, football coach, whatever, um, as a supplemental, meaning like a, an additional letter of recommendation? Mm. Um, yes and no. So I would say yes if, for example, this is something that you are absolutely going to do in college. So if you've been playing soccer for the last four years in high school, you know, five years before that since you were a child, and this is something that you're going to do on a D1, D2 level, um, then perhaps a letter of recommendation from your college coach, I mean, your high school coach, would be beneficial. I see. However, if the college is only asking for two teacher letter recommendations, you should not replace one of those recommendations with a coach okay. recommendation. I think that's important because I think a lot of students want to do that. They feel like, yes. you know, my academics are okay, but I'm really, the, you know, I'm the soccer star. Right. And so they want that to be one of their teachers. Right. So I think that's a valuable thing for people to realize is if a school says we want a guidance counselor and two teachers, that doesn't mean the coach. Correct. Now when a school is very specific about what they want, we want three letters of recommendation, one from a counselor, two from teachers, that's it. Is it really a problem for students to submit a fourth or extra letter of recommendation from someone who's not a teacher and not the college counselor? A supervisor at their job, a coach, the music, you know, if they take piano lessons, their music teacher, is that, is that gonna be held against them? I don't know that it would be held against them, but I would advise a student to shy away from doing that. I see. Um, I think that there are parameters set in place for a reason. Some admissions counselors are reading thousands of letters in, I mean, applications in a week, um, and these additional letters almost become um, an additional thing that needs to be reviewed that really probably won't add much to the narrative of your application to begin with. Okay, and so narrative is, is an area that where we endeavor, we talk about it a lot. We talk about telling your story, getting your story out there, and really helping admissions officers know who you are as a person. So that's a, important for us. Um, when students have the option of supplying a, a letter of recommendation from someone who isn't a teacher. Mm -hmm. Maybe the school says, college counselor, teacher, student's choice. Um, in that case, the school has, has, the college has given the student the option. Right. At that point, you know, do you have any recommendations about who a student should pick? Especially if they're not certain, if they don't have that one thing, that sport, that instrument, mm -hmm. that one thing where they've excelled. Do you have any recommendations? Well, I would say that there's an adult in your life who has seen you grow from, you know, again, whether it's from month to month or year to year, um, someone who has served as a mentor, whether it's a teacher or, um, you know, to your earlier um, point, uh, a supervisor at work. Um, those are usually good options for students to choose. 
to have somebody like that write a letter of recommendation. Um, but what I wouldn't advise is for a student to choose someone who really can't speak to who, to their strengths and to who they are. All right. So maybe at home, listening on the podcast, watching the video show, there's someone who is not a teacher, not a counselor, who might be asked to write a letter of recommendation. Maybe that person found us by Googling and they, and about how do I do a college letter of recommendation for, my, for a high school student. They found this podcast and they're listening. What are some tips for that person who is not a teacher and may not have access to the college counselors who work at their school or not a college counselor? What are some tips for that person? Yeah, I think this person, really their, their marching orders are to write a letter of recommendation for a student that really paints a picture of who the student is almost holistically. Um, not necessarily academically, but um, how the student is like in an everyday circumstance um, and really highlighting the growth and the potential that this student has um, is probably the, the best way to approach that letter. What if, and again, I've actually had this experience where I worked with a high school student who was a senior and he was applying to schools where he could have a choice, mm -hmm. it didn't have to be a teacher, and he wanted to go to his boss at the job that he'd held since he could get a job. Uh, he got his first work permit at 14. Yeah. And he was able to hold a job at this place for now almost four years. So the supervisor knew him really well. But this person is not someone who felt comfortable writing. Mm -hmm. um, that person told the student, why don't you write it and I'll put my name on it. What, what are some positives and negatives of that approach? Um, the positive really is on the writer, the recommender, because they're putting the onus back on the student. Mm -hmm. um, so it's less of a heavy lift rather than starting a letter from scratch. So that's probably the biggest positive that comes out of that. Um, another positive, I suppose, could be that the letter is more tailored around the highlights that the student would want the reader to know about who they are. Um, so that would be a, an additional highlight. I think the challenge with having a student write their own letter of recommendation that you're just gonna simply sign off on um, I mean, you're setting yourself up for like a lot of challenges. There's just, I mean, basic grammar, I'm sure, could be um, an issue of grammar formatting, those kinds of things. Um, but really, you're not, you're not adding substance from your perspective to who the student is. The mm -hmm. letter is really written from the student perspective. So if you're just signing off on a letter that the student has written for themselves, then the better option is to just say that you're not willing to do the letter of recommendation. That's interesting because I agree with that and from, just from a different perspective as well that if I, I again I haven't talked to a, co a college admissions officer about this but one of the things that I know they do and I have spoken with uh, several friends who've been college admissions officers over the years is that they really look at the student's writing the college application essay the SAT or ACT essays supplemental writing samples to get a feel for the student to hear the student's voice and if a letter of recommendation comes in and it sounds like the student wrote it I think that would be a big negative. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, experienced college counselors are very good at picking up some of those nuances in some of these letters, for sure. Yeah, I think that that's a, a grave risk. And again, I advised this particular student that, you know, 
this was a good person in terms of someone who knew the student well and who had worked with the student for four years mm -hmm. uh, and had some nice things to say about the student, but I, I advise a student to, uh, to the point of almost begging to get this person to write the letter himself. Right. And he did manage to pull that off. The person did finally acquiesce and say, yes, I will write it. It wasn't the greatest letter of recommendation, but... Uh, and again, the reason why the, the this adult did not want to write it because he didn't feel he was a good writer, mm -hmm. you know, and that's fine. But it was heartfelt and true, right. and it was again to your point from the adult perspective. Yeah. When a seventeen-year-old is writing about him or herself, that's not to say that their perspective is wrong, but it is their own perspective. It's the things that they think are their strengths or weaknesses, not what someone on the outside looking in. Right. And that's I think the valuable resource that you're looking for is that outside perspective. What does, you know, Tim, my supervisor at my day job think? What does Mrs. Jones, my English teacher think? And what does Mr. Rodriguez, my guidance counselor think? They're three different people with three very different perspectives, three right. very different backgrounds. They're different human beings. So if you're looking at getting recommendations from people like, you know, one recommender who's a woman versus one recommender who's a man, you're going to get different perspectives even if they come from a similar job, two teachers. Right. Yep, absolutely. And I just think as a student, you interact differently with different people, so really no letter should be identical to the next letter. So since you've written hundreds of these letters, what have been some of the biggest obstacles that you found in writing them, whether as a teacher, a guidance counselor, or in any other role you've had? Um, I think sometimes students feel like they don't have, like they haven't done anything. I get this all the time. Like, um, I can't fill out this brag sheet or the survey or whatever because I haven't done anything. I'm just a student. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest challenges is when a student doesn't identify or doesn't acknowledge that they have um, some strengths. Um, and so, you know, that just puts more work on me as the recommender to sit with the student and really identify some of the really great things that they're involved with and some of the positive things that we could highlight in the letter. Hmm. Um, and then kind of similar but opposite to that is sometimes students just have a really difficult life hmm. um, and are dealing with really um, adult-like things that perhaps, you know, obviously their, their peers aren't dealing with. Um, You're talking about troubles in the home. Troubles at home, but even troubles personally, mm -hmm. troubles academically. Like there could be a plethora of things that you know are, you identify as a challenge with a student. Mm. Um, and I think that there's a, a there's has to be a balance as a writer to be able to communicate to the reader that these are the challenges that the student has had over the course of their life, or even the course of the last few months, or whatever it may be. Um, but still be able to paint the student in a way where the reader can identify that this person um, is persevering through these things and um, is a better student and probably a better fit for your institution because of the things that he or she has gone through. Hmm. That, that's a really good point. And that gives, I think, everybody, including myself, a lot to think about. And that kind of rolls back into what I have found Again, I've only written four or five letters of recommendation in the last 22 years of teaching in different places. So I, I, I don't consider this a great strength of mine. But I do consider writing a strength of mine. I mean, I've written articles for the Endeavor blog. I've written 
you know, quite a bit over my life. I do think writing is a strength of mine, and yet I find writing letters of recommendation to be some of the most difficult writing I've ever done. I really find it a great challenge. And the big challenge for me is just not sounding repetitive. Right. Just within the same letter, not even like the different letters all looking alike, which I think is a huge concern for a lot of students as well as recommenders. But just within the letter, just trying to find different ways like, oh, he's so great. Oh, he's so wonderful. Oh, he's, you know, so, so good at this. Uh, this is a strength. This is where he's good. Like, I just feel that that's a real problem. Do you have any, uh, from your personal experience, any tips to help, uh, especially uh, teachers, counselors, non-teachers who are recommending, uh, ways to kind of break it up and make it not repetitive within the letter? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it, the thesaurus is your best friend, so <laughs> definitely utilize that to the best of your ability. Been there, done um, that. <laughs> but I also think, like, when you're writing an authentic letter of recommendation for a student, it's going to come off as authentic even if you've written that they're great in every other paragraph, right? So, um... I would be less concerned about writing a letter like that than just struggling to write a letter in general. Do you find that the, rather than just talk about them as, uh, talk about the student as, you know, Johnny does this and Johnny does that, uh, uh, Johnny scored on this, Johnny got this grade, uh, an anecdote or a personal story will help? Yes, um, particularly if it's a student again where you're having a difficult time um, kind of getting started. Um, usually my go-to tactic is to start with some identifiers of who the student is, um, some characteristics of who the student is, not only identifiers. Um, a story, I think, always exemplifies something that you're trying to highlight, so you can always use that to accentuate a point that you're trying to make. And I also think sometimes, as a reader, and you're reading all of these letters, sometimes it's nice to get a letter where you're reading it and you're really creating a visual of a situation that may have happened and you can see the student in the situation and um, how that situation was handled from their perspective. So I think a story and anecdote, I think those are really good tools to use. Details, I think, are the key. Absolutely. To anything, whether it's a story or you're just talking about a project the student worked, worked on and got a good grade on that topic, just the more detail, the better. Right, and if a student, again, is phenomenal um, and, you know, every year, it's almost like when parents say they don't have like a favorite child, it's almost like, I think some counselors say that, well, I don't have a favorite student, but every counselor has a favorite student, students, maybe it's a big group of students, but um, the, the biggest thing is that you never want to do a student a disservice in, in writing their letter of recommendation. So if there's ever a situation where a teacher or a counselor or anybody else, a coach who's writing a letter of recommendation is having a hard time, just put it away and come back to it a couple of days later. Um, after having given it some thought on exactly what it is that you want to say about the student um, and in, and how you want to get that point across. One last thing, I think, before we finish up. Most guidance counselors don't have a choice. They have to write mm -hmm. letters of recommendation for their students. Yep. But when the student is searching out teacher recommendations or if they have the option for non-teacher mm -hmm. recommendations and a student comes to you and says, you know, Ms. Smith, um, I had you for two years of English, can you write my letter of recommendation? And, and you don't feel that connection to that student? Right. You know, like you said, it's not, a, I mean, for me it's not even about favorites or not favorites, it's just sometimes you connect with students and sometimes you don't. Yep. Um, I would think that no is an option, saying no. Like, I don't feel comfortable writing this letter, mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I don't like to write, write a lot of letters. Uh, and again, try and, like, I, I guess you could come up with an excuse, but for me, I think it's about just trying to be as honest as possible, balancing that with not crushing the student. <laughs> you know, you don't want to make a person cry. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, just say, I think no is an option. No is always an option. Um, and in fact, what I usually tell students is if you ask a teacher for a letter of recommendation and they hesitate and they say no, ultimately, don't push it. Because you are probably doing yourself a service by not having this teacher write you a letter of recommendation. The worst thing that can happen is that you have done everything you can on your part to be a great student, you're super involved, you've created this amazing narrative in your applications, um, but then you have these mediocre letter of recommendations you know, that are submitted. So if a teacher says no, just take it and keep it moving um, because chances are they've probably done you a favor. Mm, that's a good way to look at it, you know. I mean, find, if a teacher's enthusiastic, that's going to be a better letter. Absolutely. And something I've kind of talked about with um, Nikhil and some of the other episodes is, I think the, the, the mistake is going to the teacher where you got an A in the class. That doesn't right. mean that teacher likes you. Like, grades and, and, and how much the teacher likes or not, likes you or not, they're not related. Correct. Stu I know some students really feel this way, but teachers do not give out A's to students they like and then lower grades to students they don't like. Right. It's really based on the work. So if there's a subject where you have struggled and then achieved a B and have forged a relationship where you got you met after school with that tutor, uh, that, that teacher and got a little extra tutoring, or even though you didn't get a perfect A in that class, you have a you know fun joking relationship with that teacher. Mm -hmm. You know you yep. that teacher always smiles when he or she sees you in the hallway. I think that's a better choice, even if that's a teacher where you got to be in that class, than going to a teacher with whom you don't have a, a, a very strong relationship, even if it's neutral. Yeah, absolutely. But you got an A. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked, um, again, with many students, but I remember one student in particular who, this kid was always in trouble. Um, but on a personal level, he was absolutely amazing. Um, but he wasn't the strongest academically. But the letter of recommendations that his teachers wrote far exceeded some of the other letters of recommendations that I saw for some of the other students who were more academically talented. Because the student really had made a connection with, um, with the recommenders over the course of the last however many years. Um, so they were better able to articulate um, his strengths so that whoever was reading his application on the other end would recognize that there is definitely more to this student than what was on the student's transcript. And that's ultimately the thing. I mean, people are not paper. Correct. People are not their transcripts. People are not even their grades. People are more complicated and have more depth than just numbers and letters. Absolutely. So I think that's important to keep in mind with letters of recommendation. If you're asked as a teacher, a guidance counselor, or school administrator, or as a supervisor at a job, a club coach, you know, this, uh, you work with a student outside of school in music, theater, etc., or any other field, you know, think about how you would talk about this student to someone you meet on the street, and I think that'll guide you in talking about this student on paper by typing it up. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, once again, I'm Jason Breitkopf with the Endeavor Podcast. Today we've been talking about uh, 
college letters of recommendation and how to maximize the letter for the student with whom you're working. I've been with Dr. Wanda Montanez. Thank you so much for being with me today. Of course. And thank you for watching and listening at home. If you enjoyed the podcast or if you have any questions or concerns, please leave a comment below in the videos or uh, in whatever podcast app or service you're listening. And feel free to subscribe, like us, share us, and tell all your friends about us if you think that we're uh, helpful. As always, let's keep learning. <laughs>